So it's been a, over a year since I was first diagnosed. Um, a year ago right now, I was going through chemo treatments. So right now, it's how are the kids? I've talked about how my kids have been throughout this. A lot of it has been about me, and the last few have been all about me. So how are the kids with all of this? When I first started this, I had a two-year-old and a six-year-old. I now have an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. So when you think about it that way, a lot kind of has happened. My youngest, my two-year-old, when she started this, didn't full didn't fully comprehend. She was two. Um, and then she was three, and it was still not the full comprehension. The things that uh, we have noticed is when she does make-believe, she does a lot of doctor's appointments, a lot of doctor and vet make-believe. And yes, her age does a lot of make-believe and, you know, she loves dogs and the whole vet thing. But there is a lot of, um, oh, we're going to the doctor now. Oh, I feel sick. Got to go to the doctor. Um, oh, yeah, we'll make your tummy feel better. So that's kind of how she's processing. Anytime I go out an appointment to go grocery shopping on my own, she's always says, okay, have fun at your appointment or you got to go to your doctor's appointment. And I can explain and say, no, no, I'm not going to the doctor today. But she's got in her head, oh, no, you're going to the doctor. And when I come home, it's always like, oh, did you go to the doctor? So... <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, a lot of it is around doctor's appointments and that. And that's where she thinks I go all the time. <laughs> As I get better and I do less doctor's appointments, that'll change. But right now, that's kind of her focus is it's all centered around around a doctor. She uh, climbs all over me now. Uh, last year, she was not. And she could physically see I was hooked up with um, tubes in that. And a lot of the times I had to keep the tubes tucked in in that because she's very curious and she wants to pull them out. Um, she doesn't notice my, my port scar, doesn't seem to notice or anything like that. And she's just happy and carries on. Uh, she does though, there's times where she does not like to be left alone. So she'll be playing in a room and if you leave to get up and go to a different room and she doesn't notice and she will, she will freak out. She likes to know where I am all the time. Or if she's, uh, my mom's looking after her or she's with my husband, same thing. So we have to kind of let her know, hey, just so you know, we're, I'm going to go upstairs and do some laundry. Are you going to stay down here? Or are you going to come? And it's always like, I'm coming, I'm coming. So there is that. Um, she does go to gymnastics and outdoor school. I, I'm able to leave her there. As long as she's with an adult, she's fine. She just does not like to be left alone. As for my son, and this has really got me thinking about resiliency in children, is my son has always been older than his years. So he, everyone just assumes like he's just so calm that he can take so much on. Like he's, 
it's always like, well, he's the resilient one. He's so resilient. And it kind of gets me thinking about, yes, he's resilient. And resiliency is great. We need kids to be resilient. We need adults to be resilient. But does he have to be resilient all the time? Does he have to shoulder all this responsibility? He lost his papa and he doesn't talk to us about him. We try to. He doesn't. I mean, does he, is he bottling it up? I don't know. Is he talking to other people? Probably not. Is he kind of handling it in his own way? I don't know. Is this going to come back and completely explode when he's a teenager? Who knows? Um, we try to talk about him. We, we try to keep Papa very much alive. We, we joke about him. And he starts to here and there be like, oh, yeah, do you remember when Papa did that? And he kind of, we laugh about it. So there is that. Uh, he doesn't talk about my cancer at all. Um, sometimes when I'm kind of worried, I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I'm, to, I'm, he'll overhear my husband and I talking. He has said a couple times, mom, it's gone. You don't have cancer anymore. It's gone. But then I, I don't know if he said he's saying it as a statement to reassure both him and myself. I don't know if there's kind of like a, a question at the end, as in he's hoping that I'll come back and say, yeah, it's gone for good. So we kind of leave it as I'm like, yeah, right now my tests are great. Right now it's, it's gone and we're, I'm going to do everything I can to keep it that way. So again, not quite sure. Um, there's times where he does seem to have a lot more anxiety. Um, he's always been the type of kid though, who likes to know exactly what's going on. He doesn't like surprises. Um, he's always been the one who has to ask a million and one questions. So he knows just everything. Um, he worries a lot, but he's always been like that. And as a kid, I was a worrier too. So that kind of personality combined with this, not, not sure, but we have noticed that there is some more kind of outbreaks. You never see him at school. At school, he is known as the nicest kid. Everyone is, he is the nicest kid. He is so polite. He's kind. He is a friend to everyone. And then of course we see it at home because that's the way it is. Kids try their very, very best. And sometimes they, when they get home, that's when the behavior is because they just can't hold it together anymore. And so of course we see the behavior and he's comfortable with us. So he's going to act out in front of us. And some of it is, is anger and frustration. And it's sometimes he's so determined something's going to go a certain way. And when it doesn't and it's out of his control, he just gets so frustrated. So we've talked about him seeing someone. Um, and not just as a family, as seeing someone. We thought that maybe just him being able to talk to someone that's not us. Because maybe he'll open up to someone about his papa and about me or just other things that are going on and just have someone else to talk to. We thought specifically it'd be nice to talk to someone though who works with kids and who definitely has kind of that terminal illness, cancer uh, kind of focus. So we thought we'd go kind of through the Tom Baker and um, they don't have anything, believe it or not. There is a huge gap in the system. They used to have something, I'm told. And 
<laughs> they're working on bringing stuff back. But right now, there there is a huge, huge gap. And I didn't realize how where this lack was until we've encountered this. Um, if he was going through cancer himself, there's someone. Um, if I was terminally ill and, and dying, then he could see a grief counselor about that. So there's that. But there's not ones that are for families just going through an illness and things like this right now. And uh, I guess the unknown and, and cancer still being the big scary, scary unknown. And what, what's he feeling? What, did, what does that mean to him? So we found that, yes, there's a huge lack. There's other um, places out there. And a lot of the counseling too, we found, is still online. Uh, and that's because of COVID. And right now, my seven-year-old is not going to sit in front of a computer to talk to someone. He's not. He's he's a kid. He needs to be somewhere separate, right? Um, somewhere where he feels safe, right? He's not going to want to talk about something if we're in the background or he's at home or there's distractions. And we all know for the ones that have kids or taught through uh, online, especially young kids, it's it's a nightmare. It really is the logistics and it, just everything about it. And if I'm paying money too, and I'm paying good money, I I want one on one. I don't I don't need a online. I sometimes feel like there's a there's that distance there. There's a more clinical, I guess, um, as opposed to being in the room where someone has to be focused on you, right? Um, it's not about the one sitting in front of the the computer talking to you, and they're got their pajama pants on, but they look all professional on top, or you know they they're at home and they have distractions, or you know they can't figure out how to turn off the cat emoji sort of deal. And I'm not saying that counselors, uh, psychologists, um, all the rest are not professional whatsoever. But it feels like there is a little bit more when you're in a personal space. And that's just, I mean, disagree with me all you want. That's just kind of a personal opinion. So trying to find someone has been difficult. So through my naturopath, we did find someone. But again, um, and she was the very first to point out that the system right now is broken. It is a very broken system, especially with kids they're lacking. Um, because of our the pandemic and other things going on um, and just whatever, um, they are experiencing higher needs of, of children with anxiety and children who need to talk to someone. And he's still quite young. So for me to book... I'm booking like three months in advance to get something. So we haven't started yet. I wanted to kind of get through the Christmas holidays and then kind of look in, in January. Or I mean, maybe I do look now and start booking kind of something for after Christmas. But that's kind of where we at. Because um, I'd like him to talk to someone. There's a lot of ums in this one. I'm sorry. It's like piecing all my thoughts together. And... As I'm talking, it's like I have these revelations. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should do this. And yeah, that makes sense. But I promise before I sat down, it, this has been going through my mind for the last month and a bit. It's been 
fermenting and percolating and I know what I want to say and it's there. So my thoughts on resiliency again is I, I love that my son is resilient. I do, but I don't want him to have to be resilient all the time. I don't think kids should have to be resilient all the time. We are the adults and as a parent, I'm the one who should be able to tell him it is going to be all right. And when I can't do that, that makes it a lot harder. So <laughs> there's my um again. I also want to be proactive in this too. I don't want to put it away, but well, he seems fine. I mean, he seems like a normal kid. And then the teenage years come and teenager, teenage years are already hell. Um, so you put a little, you know, hormones in him. And then you have this from the past sitting that's been brewing and him to become this moody, he's already going to probably be moody, but this teenager that completely cuts off and everything. And we are just sitting there being like, wow, we didn't see that coming or oh my gosh, I wish we got him someone to talk to a lot sooner. I don't want to be in that boat. I want to be as proactive as I can. I love my happy little boy. I, I've read stories of children who are troubled as they get older. And sometimes you look at those parents and they're like, he was such a happy little boy. He was just so loving and happy and he's not now. And it breaks my heart and I don't know where it went wrong. So that kind of scares me. Um, and again, he's seven. This started when he is, when he was, he was five or actually he just turned six. So, but barely five, I guess, six. And that's a lot to take in. Um, and now that he's almost eight, even processing times between six and eight from just starting school to going into, you know, he's in grade two, going into grade three, he has grown so much and how he processes things have changed. So I want to make sure that he's, he is processing it right. And he's allowed to be angry, but how are we going to deal with this anger? And if I can focus on me too, about me being as healthy as I can, hopefully I'll be able to tell him and my daughter, it's going to be okay right? It was a blip on the radio. Remember that? Remember that year mom was really sick? Yeah, that, that was a sucky year. And the year after wasn't so great either. Do you remember? It just seemed to be our everything with our cars went wrong. Remember that month we just were unhealthy and dad just seemed to catch everything that was going and couldn't be better. Do you remember that year or those couple years? Oh, those are awful. Yeah, but look it, we got through it. And there was always a silver lining in there. We went on our big trip and you did so good in school and we did this and really try to <laughs> spin it on its head and focus on those things. Because I am determined this is going to be a blip. And even now I try to use that language about, yeah, last year when I was sick. I just call it that when I was sick. I don't necessarily go into details. I mean, people want, it's not a big secret. I'm not ashamed about it. But it was, yeah, that year I got sick. And with my daughter, we're just going to see how it goes. And maybe as she gets a little older, we'll notice things and she needs to talk to someone. But right now, she is playing it out. 
and I feel like it's kind of a healthy way to kind of play it out through um, make-believe in that. And through her make-believe, if she can make her puppy feel better and fix him and that's how it works out, then that's what needs to happen too. So how are the kids? They're getting there. It is challenging. Every day is challenging because we're still living in it. And it it kind of, time does go on and there's not time where you sit down and process it and say, wow, what was that we just went through? It was. It's the same with the pandemic. Time marches on, new problems crop up, life moves on and you're just like, okay, now I'm, I'm into the next thing now. So the kids, they're doing, they're doing good, but this is tough. And as we approach another holiday without, without Papa, that makes it a lot harder. We're still doing our, we're doing those traditions. So that's kind of on top of this. And last Christmas, I just finished my last chemo on the 22nd. So December was... It was a hard month. That's when I felt the worst I've ever felt. I was tired. I was cranky. I wanted so badly to be present. I might have went a little overboard on Christmas because in my head, is this going to be my last Christmas? And the kids deserve it. They've had a tough year. This year, I probably went a little overboard again. Um, but I am like, we are, we're doing all the traditions, all the family traditions. We're, we're making cookies. We are decorating. I looked at my December calendar and I'm like, we have got something every single weekend going on and they're going to be absolutely exhausted. But I am so determined that I am going to be there and we are going to enjoy Christmas. And in that dark, dark place, my mind, if they don't have a ton more with me than the ones that they do have they're gonna they're gonna remember I am going to be hard hard to replace I tell my husband that all the time that um yeah I he if he wants to move on after me that I'm gonna make it so he can constantly compare I am a little immature that way I am not the mature one that's gonna say I want you to love after me this is a totally separate tangent, got nothing to do with the kids, but just a moment of my selfishness where he is not going to love after me. I will haunt him. Um, as I told him, I'm like, I, you found the best. Everyone else is second best. You will, you will never love after me. Like, I hate to tell you, but this is it. So make the most of it. And he's just kind of shakes his head at me in that. So Yeah. He's, he's going to be happy now. He's the happiest he's ever been right now, and he'll never be this happy again. So I'm a little bit crazy, and my family gets to put up with it. But what's life if it's not for for a bit of craziness? So onwards and upwards, and here's hoping that we can get some counseling for my son. Uh, oh, here's hoping that... Anyone out there, if you're wanting to go into any kind of counseling, children, 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 and children with families going through illnesses, like that, there's a huge need. These kids need something. So there's like my big appeal. <laughs>